0: Did you know that there are five key biohacks to start to do right now to reduce your body's inflammation, to slow cellular aging, and of course, reduce oxidative stress status. I even just recently wrote a paper on this. Check out my recent research articles over at theschoolofradiance.com, head on over to the research tab, And while you're there, be sure to book your one-on-one session with me, if you haven't yet already, for even more customized skin and rejuvenation guidance, as well as some biohacking and detox protocols that I personally do myself. Don't forget to check out my free 30-minute masterclass over at theschoolofradiance.com. Check out the freebie section, enjoy that video, and also enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm so excited to be hanging out with you all live here on the Rachel Varga podcast, the at Rachel Varga official Facebook and YouTube channel. As y'all know, I love going live to keep these conversations real and interactive. Just a reminder that you can actually catch these live. So be sure to hit the bell notification on Facebook and YouTube. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review. I'd love to hear what you would enjoy learning more about and maybe some of the things that you have enjoyed learning about here on these episodes. So I wanted to, first of all, introduce you to our speaker today. We're going to be diving into hormonal health, but we're also going to, you know, sprinkle in there ways that we can continue to navigate uh these uncertain times. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. The word normal has become a trigger word for me. But anyways, I digress. Let me tell you about a wonderful soul who I had the chance to meet, Holly Sinclair. And we uh, I, we first met when we interviewed, Katie and I interviewed Holly Sinclair on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. And then off screen, it's just like this super fun connection Um, has followed afterwards. So it's really cool. In this online space, we actually have the opportunity to meet people. Holly's all all the way in Australia and we can form these connections and share ideas and see what's happening in different places of the world, especially right now. So Holly has been in the health and fitness industry for over 12 years, having landed on working specifically with women in their childbearing years. Her desire to help others comes from the setbacks she has endured herself with her own health and the experiences Holly received being tossed around the healthcare system. Holly believes education is power, which is why she has created the platform, The Women's Series. Holly has a vast amount of knowledge, having specialized in natural therapies, all the way into mental health and addictions. I'm so incredibly thrilled to have Holly Sinclair join us today, all the way from Australia, and she is the creator of the Women's Series. Welcome.
1: That was like such a nice intro.
0: <laughs> thanks, intro. Sid. <laughs> I loved it. Thanks. Well, thanks for having
1: me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I really wish that actually we'd recorded our pre-recording conversation because I'd be really curious to see who listening here would actually kind of be on the same wavelength. So just so you know, Holly, uh, this show is all about body, mind, spirit, energy optimization to bring forth a higher level of beauty and radiance, one of the questions I've been getting a lot from listeners, from you guys reaching out, sending sending me a DM or an email, info at rachelvarga.ca, that gives me ideas for content to create. But some of the questions I'm getting are, how do we balance our hormones? What do we do if we're perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal? So Holly, you are definitely my go-to person. As soon as I interviewed you last time, I was like, whoa, this girl knows what's up when it comes to hormones. So how can we optimize our hormone health? Well,
1: I think um, apologies if you can hear a sore guy off in the background. I'm joined by a, a chainsaw today. Um, but I think in terms of hormones, what really gets forgotten in the whole hormonal conversation, first and foremost, is that when you're getting a blood test done to test for, let's say, your sex hormones... That is a reflection of what has just recently been produced by the endocrine gland. So in the context of estrogens, it's what the ovaries have just produced, right? But that's not really where the hormone conversation stops because for the majority of those hormones, they have to go through this whole uh, conversion process to become metabolites. And that requires really good liver health and also really good gut health right so you know we'll use estrogen as an example we have to take our estrogens via through the liver there is a pathway in the liver that's called glucuronidation and that pathway then sort of ushers those fat soluble then turned into water soluble compounds into the gut where a group of bacteria called the estrobolome. Uh, then further break down those that estradiol, those estrogens, into different metabolites called E2, E4, and E16. And then those metabolites get put back out into the bloodstream and that's where they get uptaken by receptors. So when we're talking about hormones, what I really like to, to discuss is the fact that for the most part, they are just a reflection or they are dependent on all of these other detoxification pathways in the system And I think we've kind of we've gone down the wrong route when we're talking about hormones because we're going off blood panels and they're not really a very good example of what's happening with the liver or what's happening with the estrobolome or, you know, the enzymes that are involved in breaking those metabolites down. So hormone health, first off, is gut health. It is liver health. Um, And that's kind of where we have to
0: start when we're addressing any form of hormonal imbalance. I love that you mentioned the liver. I have a very sophisticated piece of machinery. It's a detector that measures my bioenergetics. And what's really cool is for the last couple of weeks, well, not so cool. My liver has been on display. So Uh yes, we are in the time where we can use these very sophisticated detectors that will just pick up on nuance changes before they actually become physiological diseases and just an FYI Mm. this isn't medical advice this is educational information only if you have a medical condition you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician say that three times fast (laughs) so what do we do about alcohol because what I did I Mm. saw the liver pop up I did my castor oil packs I cut out alcohol for a couple of weeks and uh, my liver scores have noticeably improved so we're at Mm -hmm. a time where a lot of people are still you know they're going straight to the alcohol to try and relax themselves. Mm. How does alcohol impair our hormone health?
1: Mm. Well, the thing is with alcohol, obviously it's a toxin. I mean, I don't really, I shouldn't have to explain that to people. Uh, Last time I
0: checked, alcohol wasn't good for anybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's not good for anybody. But the big problem is if we're talking specifically about, um, you know, I just mentioned gut health. Alcohol actually permeates all four layers of the intestinal lining, so the mucosal lining, the epithelial cells, you know, the lymphatic tissue. So it's really damaging to our guts. And also the uh, gaseous waste byproduct of alcohol is something called acetaldehyde. And acetaldehyde is this endotoxin that also gets secreted via yeast bacteria so things like candida so you start to have this real interplay between drinking you know a couple of glasses of wine and that can then lead to hyperpermeability in the gut and then that sort of leads to this excess growth of yeast and then yeast you know it kind of piggybacks on a lot of other infections so that might piggyback on things like heavy metals or it might piggyback on things like parasites right And so it's this real domino effect that alcohol has on our health. Um, And a fun fact is the reason that schizophrenics or alcoholics have the highest rate of schizophrenia is because of that acetaldehyde. Because when you have an overgrowth of this endotoxin, what happens is acetaldehyde stops us from being able to absorb B6. And B6 is just like a fundamental cofactor for all of our neurotransmitters, right? Alongside other stuff. But so you have this massive then interplay with mental health, yeah, and alcohol. And as you just said, like in these times, particularly, what's unfortunately happening is people are being locked indoors, then they're turning to really toxic substances like alcohol. And then that just leads down this vicious cycle of mood disorders and then you might sort of reach out for pharmaceutical support for that and then you know that then leads to other issues so it's like if you just didn't drink in the first place <laughs> how much could, of all of those problems could you have avoided
0: i'm just gonna bring up the elephant in the room during lockdown provincial parks got closed but First things to open were the malls and the grocery stores and the liquor stores remained open. Yes, the liquor stores remained open so people wouldn't go through detox and overload the hospital system. Yes, I completely understand that. But if you're feeling not great, if you're not necessarily feeling like yourself, even cloudy, things like that, the first thing that you can start to do is to limit your alcohol. And I love that you talked about the liver being one of the biggest mediating organs to Mm. have an impact on hormones. I just think that's a brilliant connection to make and I think it was worthwhile spending a hot couple of seconds on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. And, like, also what has to get remembered in terms of the biotransformation pathway, um, which is obviously the liver, um, you know, things that are really important for that are amino acid profiles. So making sure not only that you're not taking toxic stuff into the body but that you're also increasing the amount of, like, good quality proteins and you know good cruciferous vegetables for the the breakdown of phase one to phase two and like a lot of these antioxidants that are required so it's not only about minimizing toxic load it's also about supporting all of the nutrients that are required to assist those you know detoxification processes
0: absolutely because if your body is you know kind of backed up no pun intended with your GI (laughs) tract. (laughs) and you're not detoxing properly and then you are using toxic skincare or even you're getting treatments when you're not feeling good and you're Mm -hmm. having certain injectable treatments when your detoxification pathway is already on display like do you think i would be getting my rejuvenation treatment top-ups right now with my liver being on display no not a great idea because every time you Mm. have some type of rejuvenation treatment there is going to be a degree of healing and thus a degree of implication and a little bit more stress on your detox pathway. So I'm always a fan of if you're considering having something done to actually always make sure you're feeling well. And I actually even have that on my consent forms. It says, Mm. do you feel good today? Right. It's really key. It's called the good faith health exam. And I teach that when I work with other doctors and nurses um, Mm. to make sure that we're not offering rejuvenation stuff, you're feeling a little run down because your body may not heal, may not heal in you know the ideal way. So, what are the things mm. we need to look for in regards to optimizing our wellness from the inside out? Because good skin newsflash, guys <laughs> happens from the inside.
1: Yeah, news flash, skin microbiome. Um, <laughs> I won't go there though, because you're the Rachel's the expert with the skin stuff, but um <laughs> I mean, optimizing our wellness from the inside out, girl, that is, that's is—that's a big question. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have to look for, right? I mean, the, the obvious principles are nutrition, so good quality nutrition, eating enough calories is really important. And that's definitely something that women, I see... Uh, struggle with quite a lot is this chronic under eating cycle that takes place Um, you know sleep is really important hydration is really important so they're they're the obvious principles but i think the the less obvious principles would be around you know supporting a healthy gut microbiome um, making sure you're taking care of those biotransformation pathways are you exercising consistently and in a manner that allows your body to produce good blood flow and, you know, build muscle mass. And then the big one, you know, that really, I think it's getting more, um, there's more information coming out about this last topic, but it's still quite underground, is intergenerational trauma and the thoughts that you think. And, you know, the spiritual or psychosomatic approach to healing, that plays a massive role in our wellness journey. And often, and I'm sure you might be the same with my clients, people are pretty good to implement nutrition, they're pretty good to implement, you know, sleep hygiene and and training. But the last sticking point for most people is to work through their shit, ultimately, and to work through and sludge through the the stuff that they've experienced as a human being um and that really is where most of the breakthroughs start to take place or we call it the rebirth right mm-hmm.
0: yeah girlfriend you speak my language this is why we're <laughs> internet friends <laughs> yeah. i gotta say my most vibrant clients that i've worked with over the last 10 years are actually women aged 50 to 70. And these are women that really have body, mind, spirit, energy practices cultivated. And I talk about this in my ebook, Unlocking Your Vitality, which if you haven't gotten a copy of, please do so. It helps to support me in the work here on the channel at rachelvarga.ca. And I really share what my most vibrant clients are doing because it's important that I take notes out of these, you know, wise women and healers that I know and I help to look after as well. And what you said about sort of like energetic spiritual health, really, this stuff actually mediates every single thing in our body because energy really is currency. Uh, our ions really are what mediate our hormone regulation. So if you're mm. not grounded, if you're too electromagnetically positive with an abundance of protons, and you haven't contacted the earth to balance that out, because you're too darn positive, you're not going to have the right cellular signaling, your homeostasis is going to be kind of backlogged, if you will. So yeah, dealing with the stuff that's running in the unconscious, doing the shadow work that is, honestly, I'm just gonna share it. That is stuff I do all of the time. And showing up here online, I actually have to do more of it in order to maintain my balance. But what's cool about it is it's actually led me down this really beautiful journey self-discovery and I'm curious with you Holly how that's looked like for you if if you're willing to share some of your experiences.
1: Yeah well I was just um, I was just talking to a client yesterday who has been a client for quite a long time and I've watched this transformation take place with her as a human not not just her physically but her as a human and we were both just laughing about how like we're totally different people now right when we even we think back to three years ago or five years ago and i think a lot of the time is we a lot of us don't um, make enough effort to reflect on that and then equally not enough effort to forgive ourselves for who we were at that point in our time without the understanding of conscious awareness and without the practices that we had in place. So yeah, my journey, like I'm a completely different girl now, or woman now as to who I was, you know three, five, ten years ago. And I'll give the example. I got married in January. and um, the night before my wedding, I had a like transformation ceremony take place with my bridesmaids and my mom and my sister and I had my Reiki master come over and we did like this whole ceremony of chanting and we read cards and let go of the past so I could step into the present and I loved it. It was beautiful. But my bridesmaids were like, what the fuck is going on? Um, But I just think that sort of shows like everybody's at their own phase in the journey you know and like even that for them the next day they may not have been conscious of this but on my wedding day we were so calm we were so peaceful like nothing was stressful and I really do credit that to the fact that we made the effort to do that ceremony the night before and I think that just highlights you know when you put out in that quantum field the right um, affirmations and intentions your life can really transform in some pretty amazing amazing ways on a micro level and both on a macro level.
0: If you speak to any wise experienced, you know, whether it's a Western medical clinician or a shaman, I'm actually going to be meeting with a shaman. One of my clients is oh. like, Rachel, I'm gifting a consultation to my friend who is a shaman. I'm really excited to see what that awesome. interaction is going to be like. Cause I've never actually met a shaman. Although someone I do see, I consider her to be like a guru shaman and a wizard sort of all in one. Um, So anyways, I digress. But one of the things I wanted to just hit on for a second is ritual. And so Mm -hmm. I have my morning routine, I have my evening routine. And those types of, of rituals or practices are very much non negotiable for me. But I feel like the ritual right now is you wake up, you check your cell phone, and then you just end up starting the rat race before you've even fully landed and then you're Mm -hmm. not grounded you're not your truest version you're just this like matrixed program right Mm -hmm. like which pill did you take the red pill the blue pill maybe you don't even know because you didn't check in with yourself and i think that that's something that we're really missing here in western society is understanding the importance of rituals and ceremonies and just how grounding balancing centering and aligning They can be Mm. like if we think for a second for you in Australia, you have such a beautiful, rich, indigenous history. And, Mm. you know, some of the world's last dreamers are, you know, kind of about to take their last breath. So I'm kind of curious about your understanding of some of the local ceremony practices with the um, Australian indigenous peoples.
1: Well, it's a good question. It's it's actually look, it's really um, the the history of between Indigenous um, or Aboriginal Australians and White Australians is pretty terrible, to be honest. And it's something that, unfortunately, uh, in my lifetime, we've never been able to bridge that gap um, between really, you know, opening up to their culture and allowing their culture to seep through into all facets of everyday life, but. Um, It is beautiful and I spent some time up north where a lot of the Indigenous communities are and one thing, and I might circle it back to women in general, is like the whole process of birthing and what you see in Indigenous cultures is this real like admiration for the earth and other women and it becomes this huge ceremony and ritual where we're all there to support her and bring this like new life into the world. And then you compare that to the Western model of birthing where it's hyper medicalized it's dangerous, you know, women are going to die, they need to be intervened with, and that that creates so much trauma because that whole ritual of, you know, moving into that next phase of your life as a woman through, through the birthing process is now taken away from us. So I think that's such a great example of rituals between you know indigenous cultures and the western world is we've lost so much of those primordial aspects of who we are and our biology um to this honestly like really profitable high turnover system that's ultimately just there to make money um so that's definitely what i see but unfortunately in australia the indigenous community is nowhere near as supported as it should be and it's really sad it's it's uh you know, we compare us to our neighbours in New Zealand where they've had a treaty and, you know, the uh, Muri people are integrated into the schooling systems and, you know, it just, it's not the same here, unfortunately.
0: Mm hmm. And I think it's really important that we look at, you know, history, you mentioned intergenerational traumas and things like that. Were there any past contracts that maybe you weren't aware of that can actually play into Mm. stuff Uh, if you have that in your awareness you kind of know what i'm getting at there but i think it's really great to start to play into our strengths what is your heritage what is your lineage so i'm very open Mm. about sharing that my lineage is the christian lineage my great grandmother was a second ordained evangelical minister in canada and then Mm. you know my great great grandmother, sorry, my great grandmother was the ordained minister, my great, great grandmother was one of the first people to come over here from the UK. So I Mm. have a lot of stuff running in the background. And that's where my power is, right? That's where I seek my grace, my joy, my peace, my protection, and all of that. And I think it's really important that we learn to cultivate those practices, and not just kind of like, go through life, like living through the matrix.
1: I know it's so true, and yeah, I mean, I, not to keep bringing it back to birth, but I think that is like that is the initiation process for women. You know, men usually would have gone out and hunted and done all those things, but women birth, and like that, it just it just sums up where we are as a society because that whole initiation process is gone now. And I think if we could move back into an into a setting where women were still safe and they were still cared for, but you know, it it was supported and it was cared for. Um, And we brought through our grandmother's spirits like you're talking about and the lineage that they experienced. I think I think how we we come into this earth basically sets us up for how we experience life, right? So if we start if we start coming into earth through a C section and bright lights and stress and it just sets up the next generation for a very stressful stressful life ultimately.
0: One of my best friends, Christina, we actually just went for a nice walk before this. That's who I was with. And she has her beautiful baby newborn, Camilla. Oh my gosh, what just like a beautiful soul coming here. And she actually did a home birth and she Mm -hmm. did a lot of uh, spiritual preparatory work beforehand and worked with a beautiful midwife. And she did that with her first child as well. And I just think that I really commend women that are willing to kind of do that work because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's. That's some heavy stuff, making another human in your body. No big deal. (laughs) So when we talk about, like, male-female equality, like, come on. We are – we have different types of bodies. We do different things. I have a Mm -hmm. feeling if you and I, Holly, were, you know, other women back in the day, we would be kind of like those European ladies of the castles, like, holding stuff down, getting stuff done, taking names, looking after people. (laughs) 100%
1: 100% that would have been me for sure
0: yeah you'd be you'd be in Scotland and I'd be in Ireland <laughs> Too funny. anyways we digress but uh, yeah I mean understand your roots like look at what your parents your grandparents your great-grandparents did before you I was actually having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago I was like what did your grandparents do and they did some really crazy science stuff. And, you know, that's what they're into right now, which is so incredibly beautiful. Mm. So do you have any kind of like closing remarks or tips for people To, you know, really maintain their calmness, their joy, their love, you know, keep their vibration high, because as soon as we start to get in that rat race of talking about what's going on in the world and our opinions, and yes, you should still have an opinion and not be scared to share your opinion. Do we have to do it online? I don't know if we have to do it online. Um, mm. I don't know if that's necessarily the way to do it, to open yourself up energetically to things. I'm, I'm really kind of battling that myself. But, you know, mm. how are you keeping yourself grounded, centered, balanced to the line, and to maintain joy and love and peace in your life?
1: Well, I think, like, you know, the only way to really invoke any form of emotion is to think about it. And it's like you can only invoke your past, for example, when you think about it, or your future when you think about it. So ultimately that boils down to our thoughts. And, you know, I know this is like a little bit out there, but you're in control of your thoughts because you are the thinker, right? So if, if you're not actively working on your consciousness, whether it be through something like meditation, journaling, uh, yoga, or even just getting out in nature, it's very easy for those thoughts to, you know, take over and create that negative experience, right? So one thing that I always say to my clients is, When If you feel like you're getting stuck in a a thought cycle about something negative, whether it's 2020 or it's the lockdowns or whatever it might be, actually consciously bring that thought forward. So forcibly think about it and then think about it as an object, just like you would counting your breaths in your conscious awareness and try to exhaust it. Because if you can try to exhaust those negative thoughts, then they tend not to boil in the background on a subconscious level. And I think that's one of the best things that many people can do is just be aware of the fact that our thoughts are a byproduct of us as the thinker and they are something that we have control over. Um, And it's just whether or not you're committing to those spiritual practices or conscious awareness practices, whether you can catch it, right? So meditation, yoga, journaling, that's how I create peace within myself and last year last year I got to say there was many times that I went go meditate <laughs> because I was I was getting reactive go meditate Holly go meditate you know
0: Yeah, and I love that you brought up the unconscious stuff. So I just think that it's worthwhile before we wrap up here is to actually share something called EFT, emotional freedom technique or Mm. tapping. This is something that I like to employ and it does just that. It brings up, say, something that's bringing you fear, something that's bringing you pain. And you basically go through a series of tapping on various areas of the body. You can just YouTube this or just reach out and I'll share with you my favorite uh, reference for EFT technique and it's great because yeah just exactly what you said you put attention on it and then you kind of exhaust it until it's no longer in your awareness so this is very different Mm. than venting to your girlfriend right before it used to be that ex-boyfriend and now it's all the SHIT that's going on in the world (laughs) am I right 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 so Dr. Joe Dispenza is also great. I had the, the mm. pleasure of having a full day with him and uh, he has oh, a really okay. great explanation of ways to kind of not so much get stuck in talking about certain things a certain way. Because when you do that, you actually limit your opportunity to then have those other positive thought forms. So it's not like living life through the rose colored glasses. I'm not saying mm. that at all and negating things that are going on, but really Focusing on maintaining the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, calmness in your Mm -hmm. life. These are all very important facets. That is something free that y'all can start to do right away to start to balance your hormones. So there we go. We took that full circle. We talked about body, mind, spirit, energy. We went there you know incorporating things that are going on in the world limit your alcohol guys this is so incredibly key we can no longer depend on pharmaceutical companies and big food companies cuz guess what if you get a crispy cream donut now you can start getting them for free which is oh my gosh what that is like next level stupidity if y'all know what i'm talking about you know send me some love if you know you know <laughs> you know you know <laughs> anyways holly where can this is so fun i got to have you back on we just have great conversations yeah. here so holly where can people find you how can they work with you how can you you know continue to share your 12 years of knowledge in the space of uh-huh. hormone wellness
1: yeah, well, you can find me at thewomensseries.com uh, where I've got an online platform and you can access different courses and information or you can work with me privately there. Otherwise, you can come over to my Instagram at Series.
0: And tell us about your podcast.
1: Yes, I've got a podcast, TWS Podcast, which Rach is going to be on, talking all things skin health, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes.
0: I love that you call me Rach.
1: Well, oh, it's an Aussie thing. We actually we we, we don't we not we nickname everyone.
0: It's cute. I love it. Uh, it's okay. I use, I used to not like it when my hubby would introduce me to his friends and say, hey, here's Rach. I'm like, my name is Rachel. But coming from you, it's all good. It's all we good. Have well, this,
1: we have this, just to context this before we jump off. We have this stadium in Melbourne called the Melbourne Cricket Ground. And the abbreviation is the MCG, but Melburnians call it the G. So that mm-hmm. just goes to show we <laughs> nickname everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. One of my Aussie friends used to give me the, he gave me the nickname Snail Rocket. He was actually one of my previous uh, personal <laughs> trainers, because sometimes I would show up to training session and I'd be like a little bit slow, but then other times I'd be a rocket. So then he would call <laughs> me Snail Rocket. Please it. no one ever call me that again. But yes, I have been on the receiving end of Aussie nicknames. <laughs>
1: <now>. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks so much, Ray. I really appreciate it.
0: It was an absolute pleasure having you back on the show here, Holly, and everybody tuning in. I'm just sending you so much love, heartfelt appreciation and gratitude for you taking this journey with me because these are, you know, really interesting times and maybe we're here at this time for a reason and really you know unpack why you might be here for a reason and Mm -hmm. how you can share love to those around you that care for you the most and you know even that stranger you know throw a smile their way because you don't need to walk around outside with your mask on so I like seeing people smile I love when people smile back at me and uh, we can't forget about that because our face is actually one of the highest emitters of photons of light from our body, our face, our our palms, and our fingertips, believe it or not. There Fun fact of the day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all
0: right. I love you all so much. And Holly, can't wait to connect with you guys again. Have a fantastic Thanks. rest of your day. Bye.